Craft Beer Radio episode 201 on January 12th, 2012. Happy birthday, sis. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, where Jeff's sister, who probably doesn't listen... I'll tell, I'll tell her to listen. Okay. <laughs> it's Triples Day. Triples, yeah, kind of. There's two triples out of four, so... Well, the Merry Monks is considered a triple. Yeah. And Le Fin de Monde is... Strong Gold Nail. Yeah. And the Le Chouf is not a triple. Yeah, okay. So... All right. Well, I'll go with the original Jeff description. Yellow Belgians. Yeah, so I had eight Belgians in the fridge. Four of them were yellow, four of them were brown. So we did the yellow ones tonight. <laughs> the, uh, the Le Chouf here is... I wouldn't quite call it a gusher, but it was uh, creeping its way out of the bottle. Well, I took the cap off. So this is the uh, Petite Le Chouf, the small bottle of Le Chouf. Uh, it is a Belgian strong pale ale at 8% alcohol by volume. Brewed with spices. Brewed by the Brasserie de Chouf in Le Chouf, Belgium. And imported by Duval. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, Duval Morgat, Omegong. The that grump group mm-hmm. brings them in. So the oh, yeah, I guess we can't leave dead air in here since we're not editing it out. Sorry about that, folks. Shoofs are the, the, apparently the, it says in the bottle, "Legend of Gnomes Shoofs, who once brewed in this mysterious region, provides the inspiration for uh, this beer." Yeah, the beer pours um, an orange straw color. Poured it pretty gently, but it's still pretty cloudy. Yes, a lot of particulate matter in there. It it, it kind of has a has a weird sort of suspension. Oh yeah, yeah. If you hold up to the light, the the it almost looks like it's gelatinous. It looks like Jello does. Yeah, it's, it's not it's not really moving around a lot. It just kind of has a suspension. Yeah, there's, there's of like little little pellets of you know not pellets but little flecks of yeast in there, but they're not like. Floating around and moving like you would. They're all statically, you know, they're staying adjacent to each other, every little yeah. one. That's weird. They're neutral buoyancy, I guess, huh? Not seeing a lot of brownie in motion going on. It's got a, it, the, the smell is mostly, I'm getting mostly spice, um, cinnamon, a little bit of nutmeg. Mm hmm. It's problem we have these big tall glasses for the the to help boost the triple and it, my nose is so far from the beer it's hard to smell on this one because it's a little thirty three centiliter uh, yeah. bottle. <laughs> it is the petite shoe. Yeah, a little peppery in the aroma, like I said, the nutmegs in there. Mm, I like that. It's got a and the first thing I thought was this kind of grassy, and then a big, um, big old citrusy, orange type thing came in—a sweet orange, kind of like a caramelized ar- mm-hmm. orange. And uh, there, there's some really nice, peppery notes on top of that, like little flecks of uh, of different peppers, like um, even I, I have this 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 uh, spice that I got. 
and it's a, it's basically a bunch of different seeds and there's like fennel seeds and mm-hmm. okay. and uh, poppy seeds and sesame and other stuff and there's a lot of uh, of, of that sort of coming through and I wouldn't say it, it it doesn't have like an anise quality to it but it has some of that spice that's, that that, that okay. hits me off of yeah that. yeah I would say you know peppery is the main character getting some fruits a little bit of pear banana in the flavor and uh, what else was I gonna say A little tart there, you know, a little lemony or something going on. Hmm. Has a little tart finish. These are the makers. Some of their other beers are Mixchuf, which is a Scotch ale. They have Oblongschuf, which is their hoppy golden Belgian beer. They got N Posse Ice Nice Schuf, which is their Christmas beer. They got Quell Schuf, a strong pale ale, um, probably like Keller type, cellar type, you know, the, the, the prefix there or something like that. Um, Schuf Bach, Schuf de Soleil, or I'm sorry, Beer du Soleil, uh, Beer de Mars. And then they actually make some, they make a, a, a distilled, um, a spirit, it's called Espirit de Schuf, which is a spirit distilled from five year old beer. And uh, Shuf Coffee, a liquor made from uh, the distilled spirit. Hmm. I'm not sure what's going on here. That first taste was great. Ever since then, it's been diminishing. The, the yeast is coming through, and it's mm-hmm. giving a weird farmhouse quality to it, which doesn't See, jive I, with the rest See, I of the flavors. The, I thought the first flavor was farmhousey and then my second ones I wasn't tasting it as much. I now I am I getting down in the glass, it's tasting a little more thick and bready, more a little more pudding like or something, if you will. Like a little creamy not not like, you know, jello pudding or anything like that. But you know the, this farmhouse quality would go well with a Saison, but there's too there's too much sweetness in here and it and it's it's off putting to combine that sweetness with the sort of farmhouse kind of funk. And it's it, it's just off-putting. It tastes a little bit like stale yogurt. Hmm. I'm I'm liking it more the more I drink. So I'm going the opposite direction as, as Greg. It, it reminds me of. Um, I don't think that's a weird four. question. How, when does yogurt go bad? <laughs> <laughs> it can go bad when other bugs get into yeah. it. Um, it reminds me of something uh, like I'm thinking like a full. A full-bodied, uh, like a West Mall or something, like West Mall Triple. It's been a while since I had that one, but you know that's a fuller triple. And it reminded me kind of like that, something a little more formidable, a little more chewy. Those big fruity flavors that were there at the beginning are just—they're gone now, mm-hmm. and all that's left is that is is a residual sweetness and that that farmy. Yogurty taste. Here, let's set it off over the cliff for you. Here's some right. uh, some dregs mixed into the glass there. So you probably really won't like it. I saved a little bit so we could kind of swirl it up to see how that changes it. It's worth a shot. But you're already, you know, not liking the extra yeast character. But since you already don't like it, let's just go all the way. Yeah. So my recommendation would be, um, well, I'll taste this before I say so, but. kind of more heffy type now it's not very spicy at all once you put all the yeah. dregs in it tastes more like a heffy bites and decant carefully yeah i think so 
Unless you like a muddy Hefeweizen, and then just shake it up and then drink it. <laughs> it, it really loses a, a lot of its, mm-hmm. a lot of the good qualities as soon as that yeast becomes part of the beer. The yeast was pretty, you know, pretty floaty, right? Because I didn't mm-hmm. pour it roughly to start, no, and there didn't. was a lot of yeast in the glass. So, yeah, you definitely need to be careful with this one if you want to uh, decant it. Serve between 50 and 55 degrees Fahrenheit. Pour carefully into a wide mouth Lachouf glass. <laughs> Oops. We didn't have... That's the problem. Yeah, we used a narrow, tall glass. I'm not a big fan of those really wide glasses, like um, like those Barnum glasses I have, those big bowl, or like a Chimay glass. I don't, right. like, I don't like drinking from those very much. The kind of goblets? Yeah, yeah. I don't like them when they're that open. This, this, the aroma just seems to go away when you, you have those. Yeah, I mean... They're good for warming, Right. Yeah, I mean, but so is, you know, a snifter. It closes back in, and I think it holds a lot more aroma. Right. So. I don't know. There, there's something to, to the surface area of, of the, you know, the, the greater surface area that you get that allows for more inhalation. So, mm-hmm. and like the, the Chimay glass has that little laser etching at the bottom to yeah. cause nucleation points. So it keeps the beer alive and keeps the head on the beer and keeps aromas being released. Okay, let's, uh, so that one was from Belgium. Let's move a little closer to home, but still in another country. We're going to do the uh, Inibu Le Fin du Monde. Triple fermentation. This is uh, the end of the world. 9% alcohol by volume, triple style golden ale. 5.5 is the SRM on this sucker. It has 19 IBUs. Serve at 53 to 57 degrees Fahrenheit. Suggested in a tulip glass. These, I always call to say tulip. They're or, close. More or less. Oh, I left a dump bucket in the other room. Or I should say the rinse bucket. It would be a rinse bucket at this point. Okay, so this is a clearer color. It's... Mm, I can't see my freckle, so I can't... It's not. can't quite call it a freckle. I poured beer. mine rougher than yours. Mine's a little more yeasty. Yeah. And a lot bigger head. The, the head, though, is, is a big fluffy head with a mixture of lots of little tiny bubbles and a few big ones. It's got a very straw, straw, you know, yeah, hay like straw, lem- some lemongrass in there, a right. little wheat tea. I mean, I'm sure wheat's part of the grain bill on this guy. It has some of that wheat aroma. Honey. Some kind of like wildflower honey or orange petal honey. Inibrew is founded by Andre Dion and Serge Racine. Acquired 74% share of Brasserie de Massawapi Inc. in Lennoxville in 1990. Brewed in Chambly, Quebec. That smells good. That does smell good. It has that inner smell too. It has. Uh... I'm not really picking up what I, you know, what I typically think of the universe, that earthy type yeast character. Right now, I'm smelling something that's just really, instead of the the dirt part of Earth, it's it's definitely the grass and the, and the the pollen and the wheat. I think it's under there. A little marshmallowy, actually. I think I'm smelling marshmallow. 
Marshmallows don't really smell like anything. <laughs> Just I don't know. Gelatin and sugar. It's <laughs> Maybe lemongrass marshmallows. How about that? <laughs> I guess you're right. Marshmallows don't really have much of an aroma. The plain ones. I'm sure I'm thinking of one of those fancy... When you roast gourm- them, there's... I'm thinking of one of those fancy gourmet ones I had down at the Marshmallow Factory <laughs> or something. I don't know which one, but, you know, just just one of those synapses that fire that makes some connection that only makes sense to me. They describe the head on their website as white, creamy, generous. So, so check <laughs> this out. Generous. I, I don't think I knew this before now. Um, you know, I told you who founded the brewery. It was uh, two guys. Yes, and then um, sub- subsequently merged with Interbrew in '93. Bought by Sleeman Brothers Limited in 2004. Sleeman was purchased by Sapporo in 2006. So Sapporo owns Interbrew. Sapporo. Mm. Interesting. That's good. I'm enjoying it. It's got a lot of honey flavor to it, uh-huh. right? Um, yeah, it's, it's got a full body. the The candy sugar really helps that body become really nice and full. The um, see, I, I I I don't know if that's what causes it. I find you know the candy sugar ferments out very cleanly; doesn't leave body. I always notice that Belgians with, you know, real candy sugar have a nice full body. So I'm kind of, mm. I, I, I know that they say it, mel- it, it, it ferments out quickly, but I don't know. I think it adds something to the body. I definitely do. Okay. This, maybe I poured it too. If I remember this beer being a clear beer and I'm enjoying this, this, this chewy, cloudy, full bodied beer. We're trading glasses to see how the taste is different. Yours is spicier. Mine's a lot more yeah, mellow. Mine's a lot more mellow and, and muddy, but not. I don't think my. I mean, I'm enjoying my muddy my muddy beer. It's not like a bland mess or something. Yeah, the the, the yeast is is better, much better than the shoof. Um, but I, I like the the not as yeast better. I think it has yeah. more. Yours is a lot more spicy. There's a little more. Um, what's the word? You know, like the. Um, there's a little more nuance going on in yours. Remind me, because I was smelling, like I said, wildflower and and orange petal honey. But when I taste it, I definitely taste clover. Yeah, I get where you're going. Yeah, there's a greenness to it. There's a there's something you know that that that's a little bit on the on you know more on the the fresh grassy side. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to figure out which way I like it better, with or without you know the yeast, because I like mine as well. It's it's a lot more mellow. It's fuller bodied. It has some some creamy flavors. There's a little lemon going on there. Some wheat flavors. It's not as spicy, and doesn't have that zing to it. But it's still a a nice nice. Pl- it's a pleasure to drink. I'm really enjoying what I'm. Doing. For me personally, for both of these. And I'm going to guess for the rest of these too. Yeah, decanting is is the key. Yeah, I'll be more key. careful. I'll be careful with the next one. Um, I was just overzealous with the unibrew. Yeah. Uh, 
the yes the the the, the yeast adds body, but I think it has plenty of body already, mm-hmm. and you always lose flavors. You always lose something with what when you when you put in the yeast. Now in like a Hefeweizen, you want to lose some of those flavors because. Well, some yeasts are a lot more flavorful. Hefeweizen gives you a lot more. Yeah, Hefeweizen gives you gives you more. Yeah, the flavors give you more something. But there's also, you know, the, the whole thing just tastes kind of liquidy without. Oh, the yeast. You, you need you talking about you need the body to prop yeah. up. Yeah, some of the beers. Yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, if you are in a state where Trader Joe's sells alcohol, the Trader Joe's vintage ales or brewed by Unibrew, and they're really good prices. I you know I. We don't live in that state, so I don't know all about this firsthand. But I was talking with someone recently talking about the Trader Joe's uh, vintage ales and like getting a seven fifty milliliter bottle. It's only for, about thirty or forty miles, right? To Ohio, yeah. Yeah, I don't know where Trader Joe's is, but anyway, yeah. you know, it's only six seven bucks for a seven fifty milliliter of good Belgian beer. Mm. That, that's that's good price. I'm trying to find a beer. I don't know if we'll get one tonight. But there's a place down in the strip district near me. This uh, Vietnam's pho, which makes a great pho. I love so much. It's it's a Vietnamese beef broth, basically, with um, various parts of of the cow in it, plus vermicelli noodles and all types of other stuff. Okay. This is a big, nice anise broth. It's really delicious and and filling. And uh, okay. we should go sometime. We like should. It. I have never had pho. I've, it, it's kind of I don't know. At least in, the, in my circles, it's kind of like the fad. You know, never heard of pho five years ago. Now everyone talks about pho. So yeah, it, it, it it's a it's a hotness for sure. Oh, it's so good. It's so warm and and inviting. Plus the. Uh, the appetizers are pretty good too. They have a, they make a nice like roasted quail. It's only like four or five bucks. I mean, quail's a very small bird, so it's mm-hmm. not like yellow lot, but right, right. It's a, it's a beautiful little appetizer. That's cool. I didn't have a ton to say about the the interview. My my muddy beer. I just was enjoying it, and uh, it was a it was a beer of few descriptors. It it was good, but. And I don't want to repeat what I already said, so. Okay, anything else? Um, their website has a lot more information than we've been getting the last couple of weeks from other websites. Yeah. Well, we had a bunch of beers from Belgium last time. Yeah. And they're notorious for not geeking out with the, the details. Although I think the best website, though, was um, The Abyss, right? Because they had... On, on on the Abyss website, they had a. This is from um, Deschutes, the Abyss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they had a, a homebrew version. Oh, that's right, <laughs> homebrew recipe. So I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah, except it's barrel age. That's a, makes it raises the barrier to entry slightly. Well, I mean, so you could make one that's not barrel age, and it would still be a pretty still damn be a good imperial style. Yeah, yeah. Oh, after that show, you know, we had the Utopus at the very end, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, we could we couldn't finish it, so like I put a homebrew bottle and gave you like three quarters of an ounce or something like that. You took it home. I'm sure you enjoyed it. The next day, I, I walked. Not open it yet. Oh, the next day, I walked into this room and we had the 
just about empty, tiny little snifters with just a drip in the bottom, and the room smelled like that delicious caramel flavor. Actually, I, I came over to my glass, and I saw that it was still a little liquid, and I'm like, I, I drank the little drip a day later. Oh, this is like amazing how much flavor you get from just like one little drop of beer. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a special. That's it is a special, a special beer. beer. Yes, it is. But yeah, I haven't even opened that. That that, that is a. I'm saving it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's do. Do you have a preference on which one we do next? No, you're fine with what you're taking. All right, taking the the yeah, wirebucker. We'll farthest from home to closest to home. How about yeah. that? So we're doing a Weyerbacher's Merry Monks. This is a Belgian style. Well, on the label it says Belgian style golden ale, but I'm pretty sure it's a triple by all rights. They they say on their website it's a Belgian style Abbey triple. Okay. So there you go. Um. Let's see. Oh, decant extra carefully. Thank you. Pilsner malts, Belgian yeast strain. I've never seen this note. You know, you know subtle hints, subtle hints of banana and cookie dough. Cookie dough. Cookie dough. Nine per three percent alcohol by volume. You should have kept the cookie dough yourself. I, you know, when something interesting strikes me on these things, I want I want to point it out because I you should have told me after I tasted it though, because now I'm like, oh my god, it's cookie dough. I took a very long time pouring that beer. Basically, the whole time from when you heard the cap till now, poured two half bottles, and uh, pretty clear. Actually, mine's a little cloudier. I get I always get the bottom half of the bottle. You can switch it up too. This is definitely a freckle beer. I can see my freckle very clearly. Uh, it's got. Nice movement here, but you know what I'm smelling here? A lot of alcohol. Here, look. I do side by side here. Smell. There, there. There's not much difference in the aroma. Yeah. I was just seeing because yours is super clear. Mine is kind of clear. I just want to see if the aroma smell changed at all. But so a lot of alcohol. See, I'm not getting boozy on either one. I'm not getting alcohol. Not much aroma. head. Um, very thin. I'm getting that that a lot of volatile with the alcohol, so you're getting a lot of banana, clovey, mm-hmm. cloves. If you were trying to say like what kind of banana, it's definitely not mushy ripe banana. What it is, I think, is like brown banana. Dr- I'm thinking like dried banana chips or something like the smell you get off of a bag of banana chips. Yeah, I can. Oh yeah, sure, sure. Which you know they kind of have that sugary coating on the outside as it you know it dries and, and you know that yeah that's definitely the smell. Yeah, and I like banana chips. You get a pen mac for like well, you got cheap. all that you got all that flavor concentrated all the water the flavorless waters out of there. I mean, the more I'm smelling, it's just I I it it's. Like bananas, Foster, right? It's got the it's alcohol, it's bananas and sugar. It's uh, I I don't smell the booziness at all in it, but I think that the, the booziness is carrying those aromas. Okay, it, it would not smell nearly as much now, after I take a have. sip. After I take a sip, and it kind of floats around my palate a little bit, and then you know, as the alcohol that's in my esophagus. Uh, volatilizes and works its way back up to my nose. I got a big hit in the back of my throat of of booziness. I did get it then. 
but it had to come all the way back out of my esophagus. Yes, yeah, a little hot. Um, and the carbonation is ridiculous. It's a triple. A lot of triples are really highly carbonated. But you this can always is, work it out, and you love highly carbonated beers. This is. <laughs> I mean, it, it it hits my mouth and it foams up. That's how carbonated. Well, I, I it is. poured it. I poured it so gently. Yeah. I didn't, it didn't really get a big head when I poured it because yeah. I was so worried about not rousing yeast. So I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna work a little bit. Yeah, I definitely too. like my beers a little more mellow than zingy. I like a high carbonation, but this is a little too much for me. This is yeah, just I this mean, is like look at the head that comes off the thing. We give it just a little swirl. Yeah. Really tight head. It's packed in there. Nice leasing on the side of the glass. It's pretty. Weyerbacher does a lot of their Belgian-style beers in oak. So their Merry Monks is um, Blasphemy, is the Belgian-style, right. oak-age Belgian triple. You know, I might have one of those. Maybe that's our bonus beer. I wouldn't be uh, upset about that. I might have a bla- If I have a Blasphemy, we'll do... Or is it ins- no, because it's Monks, so it must be Blasphemy. Yeah. Insanity might be the one I have, which would be the barley wine. Oak-aged. That would make sense because you have so many barley ones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'll check. If I have blasphemy, we'll drink it. Hmm. Do you taste cookie dough? Only because no. only because the suggestion is there, I can maybe like make out tiny bits of it. But it's it's just banana and clove, really. The you know this isn't to me this is an example of where the candy sugar ferments out clean. It's. There, there's there's body there, but I, I have to say the body's from the barley malt. There's not extra body from the candy sugar. The candy sugar gives it that really thin, not thin, it gives it a pretty dry finish, you know, it gives you all that booze without all the extra body that, you know, like you get from, you know, if you got all that sugar from just barley malt with all those non-fermentables filling the body up. So, I mean, this is, I think this is, to me, this is what I think of when I think of a triple with candy sugar. I think it's a little too hot. I think that the... Um the alcohol is a, little, is a little too apparent, and the taste is a little too obvious. The banana is it's too obvious. It is. Passa. It it's you know it it doesn't have a um, a big complexity. Now it's got it's got a lot of alcohol in it. I mean, if you if if you want to get drunk, this this one will work for you. I like, I said it earlier, you know, my favorite kind of triples, that meteor, more full-body triple, like a West Mall. So, you know, this isn't my favorite kinds. I'm not complaining about it. I think, you know, I would enjoy this more with, you know, some kind of uh, food going with it. I'm thinking, like, maybe just a scoop of vanilla ice cream. Go good with this. Maybe the bananas. Just something to put a little fat on my palate to kind of cut into that See, I'd almost go with maybe a brownie, like a really... Chewy, moist brownie, because then you get the chocolate with the bananas. Mm. I just think you know, big th- you know, big thicky, creamy ice ice cream like vanilla ice cream would kind of mellow it for me and give me that little more balance that I'm looking for instead of this dry, zingy beer that I'm drinking right now. Mm. No, I mean, I think both would work. I think that fat is required, right? I think you need some something mm-hmm. to to lube up. That well, and tub. this will scrub the fat too. All yeah. that carbonation, it'll kind of oh. just clean your palate. <laughs> right off, good, yeah. So. 
cheese wise you know cheese would be another good thing to go with this i'm like what kind of cheese um you know what you need a complimentary cheese like you would not want a blue cheese in no, the not you a want, blue not a cheddar you want something like a brie you want something with a little bit of sweetness uh and just and just and just a hint of sourness to it or something uh you know um a brie you know what else might be good you know have you ever had that i forget who makes it but there's like a goat cheese with blueberries in it Sounds good already. Yeah, yeah, like something like that would go well with this. We were at, um, is it Willow with for for Damien's okay. uh, mother's um, birthday, and one of the appetizers they had was a uh, there were sort of mini grilled cheeses with brie um, on some sort of bread but the interesting thing was they also put cranberries on it and that made okay. that made it, it like we, craisins or, or cranberries well but they were you know I guess they were kind of like craisins I mean there's a difference right the dried sweetened they were, they were, versus you know they were craisins but they were a little bit reconstituted okay. they weren't just dry okay. so they you know they had it wasn't you know a big big old cranberry mm-hmm. right. but it also wasn't just a piece of dried fruit mm-hmm. so you know, maybe it had been reconstituted with some brandy or something. I don't know, but it was reconstituted, and so it had it had some you know texture to it, had mm-hmm. some 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 water to it, but it really had a lot of flavor to it. And that flavor added to the brie mm-hmm. was just delicious. Sounds good. So yeah, brie with blueberries sounds similar in the same sense that you know yeah, but- add those add those little fruitiness to to the brie, and it just makes it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a goat cheese I was talking about, but okay, well, it worked the same way. Mm-hmm. See, if I had any, I'm trying to think of beer things lately that's been going on. Not too much. I haven't gone out to, to bars too much lately. Um, went over Heather's uh, father's Yes, you house. did. I was watching your Twitter and you went out to, you met Lou Bryce in it. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah, I guess we did do that. Lou, uh. Didn't even, you didn't even bother to invite me. Kind of last, I'm sorry. It was the one all the way out in Manaka. Yeah. So I don't. I didn't think you'd want to come. There was like nobody there. It was kind of, Lou. So um, Chris from Bocktown. I guess I need to go back a little bit further in the story. Lou Bryson is working on a project. Well, he's kind of like the the on screen talent. Um, a production company is working on a project for a cable TV show called American Beer Blogger. Um, think uh, Dinans Drive Drive-ins, Diners and Dives, but going to beer things, bars, breweries, hop yards. And Lou Bryson being Guy podcasts Fietti. podcast being and Lou Bryson being Guy Fieri but not but not Guy Fieri right God I hope not <laughs> and that's that's the basic idea where you know not everything that he tastes is the best thing he's ever had Guy Fieri uh, so they did a Kickstarter thing the production company and he yeah had, Guy Fieri break he breaks new grounds in placing sunglasses in the back of your head. <laughs> Hey, don't and, and covering yourself in ridiculous amounts of, of don't, bling. Don't hate the player, hate the game. No, I can hate the player pretty plenty. <laughs> anyway, back to Lou Bryson. Uh, production company did a Kickstarter campaign to raise sixty thousand dollars to do six episodes. Because when you get six episodes, then you can sell it to a company, and the company will say, "Hey, they can do a whole season or several seasons, whatnot." And uh, so Chris from Bocktown offered to 
uh, Lou came out, did a little thing, and whatever he raised at Bocktown, Chris Bocktown was matching. Um, there were five people there. It was like a day we got some snow, and I think the snow scared some people away. Um, I felt bad for Lou. He drove all the way out to Pittsburgh. He lives north of Philly. Drove all the way out to Pittsburgh just for this, and drove back the same day. Oh. And he he made three hundred and seventy bucks towards his thing how much that was from you uh 25 i I didn't need 25 um and half of that was chris's right so half so he only made like 140 bucks something like that he did he only got he only got 140 dollars of donations from people other than bocktown oh yeah there wasn't very many people there but it was good seeing lou um he was there was like 10 days left. So the campaign's over now and, and most likely didn't make it. So I get my 25 bucks back. Right. right. Cause that's how Kickstarter works. If they don't reach their goal, the money's never taken from your account. Um, he was kind of resigned to it. Wasn't going to happen this time, this way around, but you know, he was working on some angles to get, um, Boston beer or Yingling involved. And, you know, and, and they could pony up, you know, a big chunk of the production fees and whatnot. So, Hopefully, American Beer Blogger. I would love to see Lou Bryson do this show. I yeah, mean, yeah. They have two trailers up on the up on the website, just kind of like you know ideas of what it would be like. I mean, I've only really met Lou on Bud One, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I love you know he's a yeah, great guy. I, I mean, I I like his philosophy. He is just such a down to earth guy. I that, think maybe. It would, did we meet him at the Great American Beer Fest? Was he there? Probably. I'm not sure if I met him at G- I don't think I saw him at GABF. I'm trying to remember if he was there that year. Yeah, but you definitely met him on the first Bud trip. And, uh, yeah, I, I I would love to see the guy get on a show. And, uh, you know, there's not really much in it for him. He, he's like, you know, I, he might be getting some stipend, but he's not going to get like a ton of money from this Kickstarter yeah. thing or whatnot. Maybe if the show gets picked up and gets run on a cable channel, and then for suddenly a season, gets huge for some, if it gets run for a season, I'm sure God, ungodly gets, reason they, if they pick it up for a season, I'm sure it'll get paid something. But for the six pilot episodes, it's pretty much just because get beer out there, man. Yeah. So yeah, we went down there, and uh, I, I didn't think of it. Is a noteworthy story because I don't know. I just felt so bad. Dude drove ten hours round trip and made three hundred bucks on a fundraiser. Like, oh, it sucks. Doesn't even really pay for gas these days, does it? <laughs> hopefully, uh, I don't know. Hopefully, Chris, uh, you know, gave him some food and and whatnot for his travels, but and maybe some uh, gas money. I don't know. So uh, there's that. Uh, I did one other thing. Went to. Um, there's a place over by Heather's dad's house called Pizza Daddy's. A little pizza shop, and they got good craft beer on. And uh, so we went there, and they had um, Bitches Brew on. Okay. Which is a dogfish head Miles Davis beer with that crazy Eth- Ethiopian honey. And uh, remember that from Saver? They had that crazy honey in the sticks. Yeah, well, no, you you were the, you oh. got to eat that. I didn't. Oh, you didn't? I thought you went over too. I thought I took you over later and you got to eat the honey. Said, I don't think so. Oh, maybe I forgot about you. That was the year I forgot about you, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was. It's okay. I made up for it by putting Jeff into a drug induced coma the next year. <laughs> <The> next year. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, good times, good times. 
Um, yeah, I, I just haven't been out and do, about doing too much. You know, the kids, Max is, is a really not take him out to bars or restaurants <laughs> stage right now. No, I don't know. He was fine at, at uh, Mad Max. Yeah, he was okay that. No, Max. Was Max there? Yeah, it was only Max. Oh, I dropped Allison off. That that's rare. Um, we went to Dominico's last night for dinner, and keeping him from screaming and annoying everyone around us was a full time job. Dude has no impulse control. Yeah, you know, it's not his fault. It's his age. Yeah. And Heather was like, "You remember when Allison was this age? We didn't take her. We dropped her off at Grandma's house every single time. We didn't take her to restaurants when she was this age." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah I guess that was right." So, yeah, we're, we're spending a lot of time at home these days. No, it's cold outside anyway. Not really, though. It's no, been a really it's, mild winter. It's been a nice one. Okay, so you uh, you finish up the beer. Let's get back on topic here. Stouts triple. They're uh, Adamstown, Pennsylvania. Nine percent alcohol by volume, thirty-seven IBUs. It's uh, nothing else. They tell me. Thanks, Stouts. <laughs> I wish I had more information for you. Because I love to give information. I love to make myself sound smart. Here is another yellow beer. Surprise, surprise. That is the theme, after all. Uh, It's kind of almost in an amber color, though. Uh, Even with Jeff pouring it carefully, it's got a big head. It's got like three fingers worth of head here. Look at mine. (laughs) Wow, Jeff's got got a a palm. (laughs) (laughs) um oh sorry about that you just added a whole bunch i didn't think i was that low in the bottle i want to give greg a little bit oh i'm so sorry it's all right i i really clouded up greg's beer i didn't think i was that close to the uh yeast at the bottom decanting these beers can be problematic yes you have to be real careful you know it'd probably be better so for people that don't know we usually split the 12 ounce bottle between two glasses and greg typically gets the first pour because i'm a, i do the pouring and and greg is you know i, I feel ba- i feel selfish if i pour there's no first. reason for you to i know but it's just good manners to pour your guest first right i know there's no logical reason but yeah. um if we both had a 12 ounce bottle we could both pour and get you know 10 ounces out and have a nice clear pour so that's the advantage of doing it that way the bottle on date. I don't even see where it's lasered on. on April six. Oh. Okay, so it's a twenty eleven. It's a triple though. You know, August six, or April sixth. So it's yeah. It's I it's, mean that that's it. Triples are are well. They they age well. Um, they they stay. Yeah, I mean, very, it, they're very shelf stable. Yeah, they're, they're eight nine months isn't yeah. isn't a problem on on the beer on on a. A you know, oh, no. a delicate beer, so you know, seasonal. Yeah, that's a, that might be a concerning, but for a triple, not a problem at all. This one has uh, well, two things in the aroma. It's it's a lot more um, malty, but I'm getting a lot of hops in the aroma too. Here, if you want to smell my glasses, I yeasted up your beer. Smell roughly the same to me. Um, dried fruits, dried uh, 
cherries and apples. cranberries, apples, sure, sure. I'm gonna smell. I, first aroma, I'm like, ooh, hoppy. And I tried to dig into it, and and the impression of it being a hoppy, you know, kind of went away. I didn't uh, smell it anymore. Greg's taking sips out of both glasses. Hmm. I like the uh, the yeasty better. The yeasty tastes fuller, and it does, and and the. Um. Yeah, I just tried them. I tried them both. Also, the yeasty, it's good. It, I think it lost a little nuance on there. Yes. I'm getting a little bit more molasses in mine, which mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a golden beer. You don't expect molasses to be one of the main colors or flavors. You normally see that in a stout or a porter or something. I'm getting this molassesy type flavor. Maybe it's a very light grade molasses. <laughs> Exceptionally light <laughs> molasses. It's whoa! I just got so I was doing the whole take a sip and breathe in while you're putting the beer in your mouth thing. Got this weird winter green minty type, and it, sometimes when you think you smell mint, it's this hot alcohol acetone thing. It wasn't that. It was kind of winter green. It was it was it was clean. It wasn't gross or hot or alcoholy. Not coming through here. But I'm not getting a whole lot of nuance in the flavor. Some. But not... A, well, you know, the more I consider it, the more it's coming through. Here, take another sip of the clearer side. This is more up my alley than a lot of the beers we've had tonight. It has that full body. This is comfort beer. You know, it, it's yes. sweet. It's... It, it's just a, a bigger, fuller version. It's not that thin, chalky, zingy, you know, triple. Sure, I like something sure. like this. And, and this reminds me of a West Mall where it just has that more body to it. It's more, more full and comforting. I'm just trying to pick up that flavor, and it's... Yours is slightly more cloudy, but the flavor is pretty similar. Yeah, and, and you know what, what, what I'm getting? Let me case one more time to make sure. Yeah, I am getting it. Strawberry. Stra- okay. Strawberry is there. I haven't had very much starfruit. I bought a starfruit this summer, and it wasn't ripe enough yet, and I tried uh-huh. eating it. And I, I, didn't, I didn't know when to eat the starfruit, right? So I ate, and it really wasn't very good, but there was the flavor that I did get. There's some starfruit flavor in here, too. Which is similar to the strawberry, but maybe a little less acidic, um, and a little less like you know, do not think like sugar, like soaked strawberry or fake strawberry, no, or, or strawberry pop tarts. Well, you for know, example, not... I had a Samuel Smith strawberry about a week ago. Okay, and frankly, it didn't taste that great. I was hoping for more of kind of a fresh strawberry flavor. This oh. tastes more like strawberry than the Samuel Smith strawberry the, tastes like strawberry. Have you had or do you remember the Abita strawberry lager? I don't know. Okay. 
That's a good one. It's 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 a good example. I mean, it, it's not gimmicky. It's not crap. Yeah. So the next time, next summer, when you see the Abita strawberry lager, give that a try. Abita's out of Nolens, or at least Louisiana. <laughs> I like. There is a lot of barley flavor in this, right? It almost has some characteristics of a barley wine type flavor. I'm getting some of those those kind of sweetnesses, but it's not. It's not like <laughs> I'm sorry, I just thought of Gollum. No, sweetness. My sweetnesses. What? What <laughs> potatoes, precious? <laughs> um, yeah, I dig this. I really like this. It's good. Not bad at all. Got, uh, it's got character, you know. The, the the more I'm tasting, you know. At first, I thought, yeah, but then it, it really started to come through, and I actually, I really do en- enjoy that subtle straw. It, it it it's a real straw berry, mm-hmm. yeah. Because <laughs> you have straw, okay. Like you have that straw flavor, and you have a little bit of strawberry. So it's kind of like right, you know, right. okay, yeah, I guess straw you. strawberry. Yeah, it, it's a little, you know, if you're looking at the range of strawberries, I would say not go with the super ripe, really sweet ones. It's the ones that are still a little bitter, you know, not quite ripe yet. Yeah, yeah not not, in that not tart either, yeah, though. It's, yeah. it's, they're, you know, you, you have... A little pithy. Yeah. Sure. Do you want to rank first, or do you want to see if I have some of the oaked, version, oaked Merry Monks? Bring whatever it is. All right, we'll pause, and we'll see if I have any of that. All right, we're really putting one of my homebrews to the test now. Yes. So Jeff did not have either Blithering Idiot nor or Insanity nor uh, Blasphemy. Blasphemy. So. so we do have a bottle of Brother Bear's Belgian Triple. This is Jeff's own homebrew. This is not going to be ranked, uh, but Jeff wants to see how it ranks up or how it compares. It's the beer I brewed for uh, Max's birth. So it's already one and a half years old? It is, yeah. Yeah, Well, I brewed it in... It's almost two years old from when I brewed it. That's a big head. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it'll it'll go down. Give it patience, my friend. Maybe should should I use my... No, don't use your nose oil. Oh, screw tops. Was that them? Was that the, oh, yes, was that, that was screw tops. That was one of the I, things you complained, you bitched about. Oh, I thought, okay. I thought Nose Oil was your friend. No, no, no that was that was you complaining about screw tops. Okay. So, ranking. Okay, so you're waiting for the head to go down, so you might as well do some ranking. Let's see, is it as easy as I think it is? They're all pretty close. I'm not going to sweat sweat it too much. So here we go. My number one beer, Stout's Triple. That, that, more, that, that barley wine slash flavor that was in a triple. Big meaty triple. Love it. Number two, Le Fin du Monde. Um, 
I like that a lot. It, it was more yeasty, and you know, than I remember. I was a little aggressive on the pour, um, but, uh, but I liked how it came out. Um, you weren't so hot, if I remember, on the yeasty version of that, but but I dug it. Number three, we'll put the put the Lachouf. Number four, we'll put the Wirebacher. Now, if we did the pre-show beer in the ranking, <laughs> Great Lakes Elliot Ness, Vienna Lager, probably number one. That was so good. That's just an honorable mention. Yeah. Uh, okay, so... I'm going to agree with you number one, Stouts. My number two... Um, it's between the Finden Mud and the Weyerbacher, and uh, I think... I, I'm going to go with the Finden Mond. Uh, sounds yeast, right? Right. Well, it should be. Yeah, decanted properly. I think La Fin de Mond uh, is is really good. La Fin du Mont. Um, you know, four, you know, three and four are having a tough time because La Chouf probably be number three for me if it was if it's decanted properly. But Weyerbacher beats it when it's not decanted properly, and oh. that's how I had it. So. Sure. I, now think about the Lachouf. I poured it pretty gently, so I mean it's it, it's a stubborn beer to decant properly. You know, right. it's not just our fault. It, it was stu- definitely stubborn. So let's let's taste the uh, the baby bears Belgian triples. Well, let see. me just finish up my rankings oh, okay. here. So yeah, so I would go with the Weyerbacher third and the Lachouf, uh hard luck loser. So I'm pool. always hypercritical on my own beers. So I want I'll let Greg talk first before I say what I think because I don't want to taint Greg's opinion. I'd like to get it from him directly. All right. Well, let me. Uh, that's an implication for me to start drinking this. Then yes. First thing to smell. I'll talk about the beer. How the beer? The beer is fairly clear. It is almost a beer where you can see your fingerprints through the glass. It's not a shaving cream is slightly cloudy. But you can almost get to your fingerprints. Well, I can see. I can see my freckle. It's a freckle beer, okay. big time. So pretty clear for a homebrew. Uh, I believe this one probably is one of the very, very few batches I remembered the Irish Moss. It's got a a, a nice straw aroma. Uh, it's it's clean and and crisp on the aroma side. I had a bottle of this. Um, I don't know about three weeks ago. I was happier with it then than I am now. So far, I'm liking the, the aroma I'm getting. Okay, I'll tell you to take a sip and everything before I talk. Dead air. Well, I'm going to take a sip. Here we go. The first thing I got was, ooh, it's, it's kind of big and bright. Mm-hmm. It has a, a big kind of sugary push to it. Uh, initially, it, it has also though kind of a an earthy mm-hmm. component to it. Uh, now remember, I like West Mall, right? So I, I use the yeast that is similar to that kind of yeast. Okay, I mean, th- th- there's a there's a mushroomy kind of okay earthy thing that comes along, sort of a chanterelleish, you know, a little okay. bit woody um, yeah, flavor. I'll, t- I'll take that um, with a bit. Of 
how would I characterize this? Almost really zingy. I'm really working out the carbonation on this thing, and I just got another big pile of shaving cream type head on top of my beer. You know what I would say? You know, if you if you if you subtract the sour component, there's almost a sort of kiwi esque flavor here. Oh, okay. Go back to the aroma. Are you picking up any acetone? You know, polish remover. If I look for it. Okay, you didn't know it didn't really. It stand didn't. Out. It didn't pop out. If if I you know if if I was judging, mm-hmm. then I would probably pick it out. Well, you kind of are. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I'm not doing it in any, in any official capacity, sure, right, right? Right. So, um, you know, when when you mention it, yeah, but I wasn't looking for it, so I wasn't you mm-hmm. know I wasn't trying to. Maybe maybe it was me trying to you know be nice to Jeff well, on his beer. I didn't really want you to be nice, but, but thank you, I appreciate it. At least the rum. I'm, I'm I mean, not I, getting I, a bunch. And, of... and to be to totally honest, I mean that was I, I didn't smell that. I smelled straw. Okay, and, but but straw has you know there's components there that that can kind of resemble acetone if you if you really go for it. So mm-hmm. I didn't initially you know okay. it didn't occur to me until you said so. Okay. I'm not getting it in the flavor, though. I think the flavor is different. You know, it's not like it's tasting like this big, hot, alcoholy mess like an acetone beer could. But, I, you know, definitely getting an earthiness that, that like I said, is, is mushroomy. It's, it's there, there's a... Does it work for you? Or no? Cause it's it works kinda, for me mostly. Because the last time I told a guy his beer tastes like mushrooms, like you would think I kicked his baby in the head. It works for me mostly. Yeah. Mostly, not hundred percent. Okay, eighty-five percent. That's plenty good for a, for a homebrew. Really mm-hmm. is. The beer is really cold. I'm gonna try to warm it up here, but we're gonna wrap up this show. Go on to the post show. Thank you everybody for listening to Craft Beer Radio, and we will see you again really soon. Yes, we will. Well, we won't see you at all, but you will hear us again. <laughs> well, you're Have getting into semantics here. Thank you for listening to Craft Beer Radio. If you have questions or comments, you can email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. The opening and closing music is Last Hurrah, the band The Lights Out. You can listen to more of their music at their website, thelightsout.com. Some people get a longer fuse. Some people's shoulders are big enough for the abuse. They never say what you can't hear